Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions and interests shape our identity and our lives. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I am a musician and therapist in Los Angeles, and I also happen to be your host. This podcast is produced by Laura Studeris, and for this season, we've partnered up with Under the Radar magazine. If you like what you hear, you can hang out with us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WNB, the podcast. And if you really, really like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We are under Why Not Both podcast. When you join our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes stuff and you get to chat with us. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy our interviews. For this episode of Why Not Both, we got to have a fascinating conversation with the math guru, a.k.a. the lead singer and writer of Goodnight Sunrise, a.k.a. Vanessa. We had a great time, and I hope that you enjoy our interview. I have hit the record button, and so now now we may officially discuss Why Not Both. <laughs> oh my god, he has, he has. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Okay, well, how are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming. Thank you for dealing with haunted Zoom. <laughs> I love haunted Zoom. Why am I not? Like it is, it's haunted. I was just reading a thread of like the faux pas that people have made, like when they think their Zoom is on mute and like someone was like, yes, I lay on the floor just moaning and apparently all of my students could see me. <laughs> oh my God. I love that so much. That's amazing. I was like, oh, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> I guess what was your most haunted Zoom moment so far during this experience? I think, you know, what always makes me uncomfortable is like when two of the same person shows up. Like, do you know what I mean? Like when it's like Liz is here and then like Liz comes in again and I'm like, and then like the person's like, oh, it's just they logged in from another device. And I'm like, is it because of that? What other device? like what device and I'm just like mm -hmm. that is how weird and, and one's like a blank square and you're like cool yeah okay yeah <laughs> that happens to or like you know what honestly with like workshops and stuff it's weird if it happens and you're like you know what I just want to make sure that everyone in the room is legit like can everyone just like turn on your camera and say hi and like one person won't say a word ever <laughs> or like turn on their camera and I'm like <laughs> Are you a murderer? Are you a bot? Are you a ghost? Like, I just, can you give me any sign? Like, that makes me nervous. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I hate that. Yes. Hate that. The silent. Like, you know what? what? And, like, we tutor, right? So, like, we were doing this boot camp last August, and there was one student who never turned on his camera, never said a word, like, even in the chat. And my tutor, mm -hmm. like, day three of the camp was, like, what if we have a catfish in our boot camp? And I was like, oh my, like, I never thought of that. But like, what if we do? A math catfish. Like, imagine you did that. Like, imagine it was like some creep that just wanted to be like watching kids do math. I don't know. Like, oh who knows? God, that's so true. Cause like, I mean, you see that in weird places. Like you see that on discord sometimes too, where it's like, you'll be in a discord chat. And then there's like one person that just like has like no avatar and they don't. Weird, that's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. And you're just like, who are you, Taco Cat 74,000? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And like the only good thing is like 
another tutor was like, no, 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 I tutored him last year. Like it's a real person. And I was like, okay, fine. Like we know him, but like, as we get more into online learning and we start getting students we've never seen before, I'm like, this is weird actually. If you, they, you know, like, I'm like, no, like, who are you? What if you're an old man? <laughs> people, people do all sorts of weird things. And how has it been, I guess, like being on the other side of educating at this time? Because I have talked to, I've talked to people who have been learning online at this time, but I haven't talked to as many people who are actively providing education. Um, it has been like quite a talk. Where are you calling from, by the way? Oh, um, I am calling from West Hollywood. So I am. Okay. So, yeah. all right. So only because I was like, are you in Canada? Like, where are you? Okay. So we, um, <laughs> oh, because we have this like fucking annoying quad master system where like every one in high school is doing two courses every two months. So that, that has been truly the most annoying thing. Cause it's like, you're in math for two months and need to learn the whole thing. And then you're gone and we get new students. So that has been annoying. Oh Online tutoring has been surprisingly good. Honestly, it's like for most of our kids, like our tutors are like young, they're in math and science. So they're tech savvy. Like it's been pretty good mm-hmm. um, for us, for teachers, not so much. Like we tutor one-on-one. It's like pretty easy to engage a student and like yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. um, so it's actually been fine. It's just more like the whole education system is such a fucking fire zone fire zone dumpster fire whatever is on fire it's on fire <laughs> there's, it's there's on flames fire. everywhere yeah, yeah that's it's interesting you say that about like engaging one-on-one because even in like the before times um because I did tutoring a lot then I would sometimes mm-hmm. actually tutor some of my students online because like if our schedules didn't line up or I mean this is gonna right. sound so silly but like with traffic in LA and sometimes geography like there would be times when it's like, I can't, I couldn't get to their house at like the right time to actually work with them. And if they didn't drive yet, like there would just be times when it's like, it would be nearly impossible to meet up. And so it was easy enough to do tutoring one-on-one, but a lot of them have said about classes that it's really hard in some ways for them to like focus when everything yeah. is digital. Cause it seems very, um, one of my students said that it, it feels like they're watching someone else's class. Like they know it's their classmates. They know, but it's like, once you get more than like three or four people on a Zoom call, like one of my students was like, yeah, yeah, she's like, she's like, it's like watching moving squares. And I forget that I'm supposed to be paying attention to learning anything. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, like for sure. I even, like, I can't stand being on Zoom calls with like multiple people. Like, I'm just like, uh, like, I don't know. I get it for sure. And, and like more like, like we're talking about like a classroom, right? Like a class of 20 students, like how the yeah. fuck would any teacher know what was going on? Like you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you can't, can't, you can't. Like you said, the engagement. Cause I think that's what's so important when you're teaching is keeping people engaged. Yeah, exactly. Keeping people engaged, like they're kids, right? So you have to be able to be like, put your phone down. Like who knows if someone's on their phone? Like you yes. can't tell, right? Yes. There's not, you can't do any of that. So, oh my gosh, how have you been balancing that with the podcasting? And also, I'm like, I know you're also a writer, and I'm like, how's it been going doing all the things? Uh, well, we, I mean, I'm in a band, so the oh. right only writing I'm doing is like songwriting. Um, it's been really good, actually. Like, I mean, I guess for me in pandemic times I've like normally I do I'm doing so many things that in pandemic times it's kind of been nice to not have as many options so like Mm -hmm. 
for example, like we're normally playing shows every weekend. I love playing shows with my band more than anything, but at the same time, not being up until 4am every weekend has given me like weekends free to write music and make music. So Uh like, it's been nice. Like I, I, you know, I've, I've liked it again, like, you know, being in one place and not running around so much has freed up a bit of time. And, um, I do a lot of like speaking about like equity and STEM and stuff like that. And it's been so great for speaking because you can literally speak anywhere. Right. So I've been speaking in places that I normally wouldn't be able to travel to, which has been awesome. And yeah, it's been great. What's, I guess like what's one of the places that you've spoken that you were really excited about? Well, I actually, okay, this is going to be like so Canadian, but I just booked um, like four talks at a school in Fort Francis and Fort Francis is, so I'm in like Toronto and Fort Francis is I think an 18, a 14 or 18 hour drive. And they're so far that like they're in a different time zone, even though we're in the same province. So like, Yeah. So like, that's an example. Like, it's like, I wouldn't be able to go. And actually yesterday I just booked a talk in Nevada. How cool is that? Wow. For us, us, that's really cool. Like I'm like, Ooh, Nevada. Like, even though I'm not going there, like, (laughs) you know, it feels, it feels very like, you know, foreign and exciting and like, cool. And that was just off of like Instagram, honestly. Wow. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, there have been so many more like digital collaborations because in some ways it's harder to collaborate from afar and in other ways it's so much easier. Like you said, like giving talks where it's like if you're having a digital summit, you could be anywhere and it's hosted by someone in Nevada. Exactly. And like even, you know what, like people are so into co-writing with music and I've always been like, I don't know about co-writing and like getting in a room with someone, but I've done like a bunch of co-writes over Zoom, which is like such like chill vibes like you just log on zoom and you write a song with someone like if you're ever getting stressed out or anxious you can be like oh like shit my internet cut out and just peace out you know (laughs) which is like that's hilarious I was just talking (laughs) with uh Jenny Owen Youngs about this because I I'm a very shy co-writer I'll like send people what I'm working on as like little I don't know like little missives from my music cave um but I <laughs> like I am attempting to summon the courage to do what you're talking about like writing over zoom I haven't had the courage well, yet oh my god but do it because now you know you can just be like you can just bounce like on zoom you can just your internet can just miraculously go out anytime like you don't have to <laughs> pack up your bags and like walk out the door like that's actually what I love the most about zoom is is I love the lack of social pressure. Like you could literally, like, you know, you know, when you just want to disappear when you're in a room and you're like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I want to disappear. You can, you can close your computer and just be gone. (laughs) And just vanish from that earthly plane to another. It's kind of amazing. How do you deal with like when you're doing with sound and stuff on Zoom, is there any latency? That was the other thing I was worried about is when you're... Mm when you're singing or playing, like, I guess, like when you're writing, what's your writing process like? And what's that like when you're working with someone else over Zoom? Okay, so let's not give me too much credit. Like I just started, I've done it like four times, but but I will say, so first of all, with, with the writing, it's been pretty chill. So like, you know, same with you, like someone will bring up half finished piece or something they're working on and um, we'll just go back and forth. And like, it's not like it's great sound quality or anything, but normally what we do is we, we start a shared Google doc so we can like fuck around with lyrics and stuff together. Yeah. 
which is great. And then, I don't know, it's great. Like use GarageBand or something and be like, here, what if we moved this chorus here? And, mm -hmm. you know, just, mm -hmm. or maybe someone will have a guitar and one of us will be singing. But we've actually recorded, um, we're releasing a new song next week. We, we're recording a whole album, but we're releasing a song next week. And we had to make some last minute, like, vocal tweaks we had to redo all the vocals mm -hmm. and, and we're on we're on full lockdown here so we couldn't go to the yeah. studio yeah, yeah, yeah so there are a few softwares now where there's zero latency so you can we set up with our producer over zoom he had like pro tools open and yeah, we just did yeah. a full we had our mic and we recorded vocals like seamlessly so there's like a lot of cool stuff now that's really good to hear i'm sorry by the way that you were on i feel like the world is playing lockdown potato is like <laughs> And it's like, <laughs> yes. I was like, oh God, because at first I was just like, oh, we are too. Then I was like, no, no, wrong temporal time. Like it was, it's a very surreal thing being on, being on lockdown and yeah, now you have the lockdown potato and I'm very sorry. We have it. Um, yeah. I mean, whatever. It's, <laughs> um, it's true. We do have the lockdown potato. I like that. That is, it kind of sounds yummy in a way. <laughs> It's you pass it. It's I don't. I'm like I don't even know what game people would play where they're passing a potato. <laughs> For some reason, it's like you pass the hot potato, and I was like, who thought of this? Where people no, that is a that's a game. That is a game, though. Yeah, I remember that being <laughs> described in my childhood, and it's only now that I ponder how bored must people have been if they're like, you know, it's exciting today. Who's got that hot potato? <laughs> also, like potatoes can get really hot. Like you really like. Can. Like if it was like out of an oven or a boiled hot potato, like that could burn you. Well, that could scald someone. I could try yes, it. Yes. Yes. I love that you're able to actually work on those things remotely. Like I've been doing remote mixing with people, but I haven't remote recorded. And so that's really cool to know. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, there's like a couple of, I don't know what they are, but there are a couple of softwares now where it's zero latency. And how, I guess, how do you feel differently when it comes to writing music versus performing? Because those are two extremely different things. Yeah. Well, performing is like my thing. Like I'd say that's like kind of like why I'm in, in, in a band. Like if I could pick one or the other, I would pick performing. Uh -huh. um, but I also love having the create like time for the creative process of writing. Like I do love, I've always loved like being creative and making something. Mm -hmm. So just having more time to do that has been really rewarding. And also because um, we're actually working towards like an album, like knowing mm -hmm. we have a few songs left, knowing that we're, I like the act of making and finishing something. So I think it's been, it's been really nice actually. Like usually it's funny, we're just remembering this now. Like we do everything in our band, you know, we do all the radio tracking, we do all the promotion, we do all the writing, we do like, we do most of the stuff. So normally like we don't have time for the one thing we love to do, which is be musicians. Like we don't have time to write. I know every artist says the same thing um and because for the past year we haven't been like trying to promote a tour or promote a single we've had the ability to sort of remember why we love being artists it, which is because we love creating um but now we're releasing the single in a week which we were so we are still so excited about but <laughs> but within a couple of days i was like fuck i totally forgot that like as soon as you go into the promotion cycle, all it is, is like 90% rejection, 10%, like mm -hmm. any sort of validation. And I was like, mm -hmm. you kind of build up a callus to that. And like, I feel like my callus is a bit raw. So I'm like, re I'm like, okay, I've got to remember that like, this is just the process and this doesn't take away from what I put into it, but it's like definitely hard. 
Thank you for speaking to that because I think that people, I mean, obviously they see us when we quote, uh, I'm like, whatever the opposite of rejection is when we're accepted because right. they, and they <laughs> then they see us like on a playlist or on a podcast or on like, and so they assume, oh, well, since I saw them, they must've been accepted. But what they don't see is like just the, just the pile of rejections and people, I mean, do you prefer getting an actual rejection or do you prefer the radio silence where like you email a person and then just like nothing? I am going to make this into a Twitter poll. That's such a good question. Um, I prefer, I prefer the rejection. I think, I mean, it depends on the tone of the rejection, but I always tend to like, I, when I'm going back into my memory, I find myself saying, Hey, at least they got back to us. So yes. I'm going to, I think that means like, I hate imagining someone consistently seeing my email and being like, delete, delete, delete. Like, yes, that doesn't feel good. Like I'd rather someone be like, cool. Thanks so much. I'll check it out. And like, never check it out. No, you know what? Now that I'm saying that, I don't like that either. Like, but, but a nice rejection, you know, a nice rejection. That's like, thanks so much. This isn't a fit for us right now. That'll do. Right. That's fine. I'll take it. Yeah. I think that that's, I asked because like, I just got like the weirdest rejection and I was like, oh, I what was it? What was it? Someone told me that they really liked my song, but that it was a little too pristine slash pink for their playlist. Are you using Submit Hub? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, are you? Yeah, that was on Submit Hub. And I, it oh was my God, I knew it. But Submit Hub has the weirdest rejections though. Like literally like the weirdest you've ever heard. It was like- How did you feel? Confused? It's like, <laughs> I mean, I've had, I've had like other rejections that kind of made sense. Okay, so this is so interesting because we just went through this Submit, this exact Submit Hub experience like three weeks ago with a different single. And- I mean, I think I want to write a lyric. I mean, sorry, a song using the lyrics of those rejections. Because, like, they're so, they make no sense. Like, no sense. So it's, no sense. Um, now, yeah, like, it's tough. It's, it's tough. Your, your question is so valid. Because, like, okay, so in that case, would you have rather that person, I mean, it's different because it's Submit Hub, so they're not really allowed to not write you back. But, like, would you rather they said nothing and you got your token back or that they told you that? I don't know. You know that's for sheer absurdity value I do appreciate it like that's the thing is I'm like I may have lost yeah. the token but now I had an absurd experience <laughs> and I like those <laughs> well and not like we're not these people don't owe us constructive criticism so no. I guess that's the other thing right like it's like you could just reject me and be like nope not for me and I might not like it um you know I honestly like it just feels shitty either way I guess I mean, it's nice to know where you stand in a way. So you don't keep like, you take them off your mailing list and like, just save yourself some time, I suppose. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I like, I like a polite no. I like constructive criticism um, if someone wants to give it, but they don't owe it to me. Um, yeah. It's but I don't like there, there is like patronizing rejection though. Like what about the ones where like, oh, we got one the other week from someone like we've emailed like singles to in the past and every single like email back is like yeah like you're getting there like keep working on it like really like the direction you're going and like this is like the fifth email like that and I'm kind of like I don't know why but it kind of annoyed me like I was like 
I'm getting there. Like, I don't know, but that's not even mean. See, now I'm just being picky, I guess. (laughs) Well, and also like, I could understand that for maybe the first one or two, but by the time you're on the fifth one, you're like, did I get there yet? Like, like are we there yet? (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think maybe the type of rejection that I actually really don't like though, that I could say like that really annoys me is the club. Like, are you on clubhouse? I I briefly delved into Clubhouse on the encouragement of a friend and found it uh, disorienting at best. Like I was on it like a few times just to like check it out and see what that ecosphere was like. And it just, I felt like my phone was just yelling at me. <laughs> okay. So I had a very similar experience. You're being really nice about the language you're using. I found it to be like basically every like part of everything in the world just like magnified so like for the music Uh industry it's like but for the music industry it's the exact same people that like reject you in the real world but now they have their own clubhouse rooms and are even louder like that's how it felt to me but just like in the real world they're under the guise of like we're here to help you and we want to break new artists da 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 and just like the real world it's all kind of lip service. And this is the kind of rejection I hate is every piece of advice I would get in clubhouse would be like, all right, well, here's what you got to do. You got to build your Instagram. Are you on TikTok yet? Are you on TikTok? Because if you're an artist, like that's how you make it. You got to get on TikTok. You got to build your Instagram. And I never, ever got a piece of advice about my music ever. And, and like, I, that's the kind of rejection that pisses me off is like, I send you a song to listen to and you write back and say, that song's really awesome. But like, you don't have enough Instagram followers. Like that <laughs> is like, and again, you know what though? Look, I'm circling back. I'm going to take it back. Cause I guess I like that better than silence. Cause at least, cause at least I know yeah. that like, at least I know that like, fuck you. You know, well, and it's the difference between I was talking with another artist about how music has become image driven currently. Where, oh my God. Yes. Yes. Where it's like, so you're not getting feedback on the actual music and you don't know how the music is actually landing with people. That is so wet. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love this. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 100%. It was really, it was fascinating. If they have a compelling aesthetic, I've noticed that, that that's, you know, what is going to draw more followers in, but I don't think that yeah. you should have to have a compelling visual aesthetic to have a compelling musical aesthetic. See, like, it's so tough, right? Because I'm like, okay, even if we look at like back in the day or whatever, like, obviously like rock stars, like have a look or like they're, you know, like, sure. Like it is an industry where like image is important, but I honestly think it was much more common back in the day for you to like send a mixtape or whatever to the radio station and they listened to it and couldn't look up what you looked like, right? Right. Like there's no internet. So like they heard the song and they'd be like this song bangs or whatever they used to say in like the seventies. And, (laughs) and then like that actually led to something. So like, I think you're right. Like, I think it's, I, I think it's so different now because so quickly you can just like gauge someone's image and aesthetic and like what kind of social currency they have. Yes. And and most, well, look, okay, this is just like evidence of this right here. And I'm sure it's actually not that, that similar in the States. I don't think, I think you guys have a lot more of an, a radio life out there, but mm-hmm. here are the radio stations, like basically radio stations only play your song based on streaming numbers unless you're a known artist so it's like again like people just want social currency it's like so strange like it has nothing it it has so little to do with music it's actually really i'm getting depressed even just talking about it oh 
Well, and I think about like music, <laughs> I think about music discovery. Like I was reading the story, I fell down an internet research hole of the origins of the song Nature Boy. And it was written by this guy who was literally living in a tent in Griffith Park. And just okay. like, yeah, and was waiting outside the door of, um, I believe it was recorded, was it recorded by Nat King Cole? He had written this song and wanted to get it made and literally just like waited outside the door of the theater and gave this written piece of music to a valet. <gasps> yeah. See, these are the stories, right? Remember these stories? Yeah. And it's like, he was literally a dude who lived in a tent. That's what struck out, uh, stuck out to me. Well, and like, that's the thing is like. Yeah, you really wonder what you're even like selling anymore. Because the truth is, a good song is a good song. I really believe that like the general public is more interested in just like hearing a song that really speaks to them. I honestly think that. Like, and I I work with teenagers, and I think that like yes, a lot of it is for sure. They just want like the next Lizzo song, and like uh, they should. But like a lot of it is like if they just like you hear this on TikTok all the time actually right like TikTok songs that get famous sometimes are truly made by like no one and it just Apparently. gets catchy and catches on right but like you like it's such a catch-22 because let's say we have the most amazing song in the world it really doesn't matter it's like if a tree falls in the forest right like if no one hears the song it's never going to become an earworm so like yes. but no one's going to hear the song because no one will play it because like I don't have 40,000 followers and look like Bella Hadid or I don't know <laughs> Yeah, it's this weird, by the way, I was right, it was Nat King Cole, and the guy okay. who wrote it lived in a tent in Griffith, um, and later went on to record other music, like, just for fun and whatnot, but, like, that's, yeah, like, if someone had approached me that probably had, like, plants in his hair, I mean, granted, it would be on point that he was handing me a song called Nature Boy, um, but... <laughs> I would just be like, who are you? What's happening? I'm confused and also intrigued. See yeah, like intrigued. <laughs> the whole idea of like breaking a new artist used to be so exciting, right? Like, yes. But now breaking a new artist is usually like you break someone on TikTok, which like, it's fine. It's just often really not based on the fact that they're a great artist, right? It might be based on yes. something else. I sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. it is. Yeah. Like I like that you said that you work with teenagers. At the very least, it seems like they want someone who's compelling, either artistically or personality wise, or like that there's right. something about them that they relate to. Yeah. 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 I guess that's the other thing is like I probably just have a bit of a like chip on my shoulder because whenever we're using the words image, like it's all about image. Like to me, I'm like, we're talking about like being traditionally attractive in most cases, especially yeah. for women. Like, I'm like, oh, we're talking about youth. We're talking about being skinny. We're talking about, like, do you know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, I think I immediately just get like so annoyed. Like, I don't know if you saw, what was the documentary that just came out? Who was it? A singer. Oh, okay. Was I'm it? not doing a good job. <laughs> was it the Billie Eilish documentary or the no was it Nina Simone no 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 it wasn't it was I can't remember but in it she says um she says that like just the fact that in the whole history of like you know recording the charts there have only been I think it's seven women over the age of 40 that have had a number one hit yeah the high note it was called okay okay the high note 
Um, so good. You should watch it. But yes, in the history of music, only five women over 40 have ever had a number one hit. So that automatically, like, just puts me in a the fetal position because I'm like, okay, like when we're talking about image, like that's often what we're talking about. We're talking about these traditional gender norms, really. Yes. And like, yes, are you adhering to them or not? Or like, are you like defining them in a way that's like so out there that now you have like a counter image? Like it's like so it's all based on traditional gender norms, kind of, I think. A lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it. So like anyways, it just not <laughs> <laughs> as I was just like as a fellow not 20 year old woman um I agree with you and also some of it like I mean thinking about the things that you do there's also a lot where it's like you don't want to have to paper over your accomplishments because people are intimidated by them it's like no you want to be totally this multifaceted person um and have that be accepted instead of be like oh well I'm just a musician or like, Oh, I'm just a podcaster. Like, no, you're just like, no, I do all these things. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Totally. I, I always find I have to do that. Not only just because people are intimidated be because people are so con like they need to categorize and I get so confused when you are not in a category. So if I'm like, Oh yeah, like I'm a musician and I'm a math teacher. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, which one are you? And you're like, no, 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 I'm both. And they're like, I can't, like, you're nothing now. <laughs> which one, which it's one like they cancel each other. Yes. It's like bad math. It's like they cancel each other out <laughs> somehow because, like, they can't compute. You just get an error on your graphing calculator. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah, just no. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine, do you often get when people are just like, but which one, like, do you really like? Yeah, 100%. Or like, well, yeah, that's exactly it. I really find some people, it just like some people just shut down. Like, they'll just be like, oh, that's so interesting. And like, <laughs> then it'll trickle off and you're like, okay. Maybe I don't know what question to ask next. They're like, they're like, oh, okay. Um, and sometimes I do find myself like playing it down. Like, I'll just be like, I'm a musician and a math teacher, which like really doesn't explain. Like, that's not really it. But like, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to like, almost market myself to whoever I'm talking to in like the most easy way for them to absorb it and by that I normally yeah. have to sell myself short which I always hate that like I'm like oh like if people just like knew who I was I wouldn't have to explain yes and it's which, almost to make yourself like digestible in a way where like you said that people like yeah that's it yeah because that's exactly like it you're saying it like perfectly yeah you know what it's funny because I'm like because I have a marketing degree which again like that would be even more confusing but I do and I'm always thinking about how we like market even like people or products or services or like math education so I think like that's it like you're like like you said you're trying to make yourself consumable like that's what we're all kind of doing even mm -hmm. if you're like curating your social media feed or you're in you're meeting someone at a party and you need to have like your elevator pitch down like what are you really trying to do right you're trying to like sell something to someone in a way that they can easily understand what it is they're about to like purchase like sorry this is really dehumanizing but like that's kind of what it comes down to right like I'm like yeah. I want you to be able yeah. to consume this really easily like yeah. that's why they call products consumables you know it's yeah. like yeah because that's I think that in a way it's because when you said like people say it's interesting and then kind of zone out elsewhere 
um, when people don't know how to interact with you, that can feel threatening, that can feel challenging. Yes. And so it's hard to sit through that discomfort and get to know the person. And some people are going to put in that effort and a lot of people just like aren't. Um, and so it's interesting what you're saying though, about like that then it hurts when you have to kind of like diminish yourself in different ways or like, I don't know if you've had this experience, but like people will say like, oh, well, which are you more successful at? That's the one you really are or like things like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, I hate that. I think I'd be pretty mad if someone said that to me. I'd be like, okay, define success. What? Yeah, exactly. Like, or I've talked to, it's interesting talking to people outside of the U.S. because a lot of times here, a lot of success, particularly in the arts field, I don't know why I said it that way. A lot of success in the, <laughs> in the artistic field is determined by like your financial success as opposed to like your productivity totally. or your innovation yeah. or like all the things that go into the arts. Um, yeah. yeah. And so people are like, well, are you a hobbyist? And it's like, no, <laughs> it's very strange to me. Well, yeah. And I mean, even that, like what we define is like, oh, are you, do you do music as a hobby or as a career? It's like, okay, what defines that? Is it like literally my income? Do you mean like how much time do I spend on it? Like, what do you even mean? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because if we're talking about like how much money you make, then literally we've been in the red for 10 years. So I guess it's just <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's certainly not just a hobby. It takes up like 50% of my time literally on this planet. So like, yeah. and we take it very seriously. So I mean, that's again, like goes into notions of how we define success anyways. Like yes. what? So, yeah. Yeah. And it ties back into, it was, it was weird. Like starting this podcast in the before times, it was more like talking about how that ties into your identity. And now like in this time when like our identity is kind of uh, unmoored from our outside activities, it's like, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> we can well, no that, rely on that. That's so interesting. Like you're, you just said that so well, like, I love that because I know so many people who are struggling like identity wise, just because they, they are so untethered from their activities and their identity and their activities are like, you know, one, um, I don't like really feel well, I don't know. I can't say I don't feel that way because I've been doing, you know, I'm still writing music. We're still tutoring. So like, it feels a bit different, but I think that's really interesting what you just said. Like, that's, that's a big thing. Like we are, we do define ourselves by what we like do and consume often. Yeah. And also like how we're perceived. Cause you're right about when you were talking about how we're perceived online, particularly as female artists where like the emphasis is on, like you said, like almost to be easily consumed and people who are easily consumed yeah. tend to be young and pretty and naive and pliable. And um, when you're not Always. those things, um, <laughs> that's challenging for some people, I say with dramatic understatement and pragmatism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, it's an interesting time to like not be perceived in a way. Like I'm sad that you can't perform right now since that's the thing that you like about music. I'm like, cause so much of performing is about like that perception and that interaction with your audience. For sure. But I mean, it's not like, we'll do it again. And again, there's like, it's been nice to not to go to bed at 10 o'clock every night. So whatever. <laughs> I mean, if someone was like, you'll never perform again, I'd be pretty upset. But like, yeah. this is kind of like a nice break. Like, I don't mind. Like, it's scary, the uncertainty of being like, when were we going to perform again? But again, we've been lucky that like, we're working on an album. So we're busy with something we wouldn't be able to do if we were performing. It's all worked out. It's fine. 
Yeah, because I was thinking about that. How do you balance the performance usually with then the educational stuff that you're doing? Because you're like developing materials and you're tutoring actively. Like, how do you even balance that schedule wise? Because that's, I always find that so interesting, like how people decide to like block their time. Well, honestly, so I run the Math Guru, which is a tutoring studio, and we have like about 40 tutors now. So it's more of a like party host role that I play, where I'm like <laughs> making students tea and listening to them spill the tea before they do math and just kind of being around and making sure. So yeah, so um, it, it actually works out pretty well, because normally, you know, we play shows on the weekend. And during the week, I'm at the Math Guru. And it's it's definitely tight like it's like again like there isn't much time to write music and create so we really don't get to do a lot of that you know normally we do that in the summer when school is out yeah um and in terms of blocking my time honestly i'm like very bad at it like i i need help <laughs> like I, I don't i'm not like <laughs> i definitely am not coming on here being like yeah it's all about balancing your time and i have it all figured out like i don't i struggle with it all the time like I'm really this year, like, again, like feel lucky that I've had some time to figure out like how I like to structure my days and have a little more time to be like, wow, I feel a lot better when I go to bed at 10. I feel better when I meditate in the morning. Um, but I'm really just learning. Like normally I'm scrambling. I take on too much. I don't get to enjoy all of the amazing things I have in my life because I'm rushed. So really right now I'm trying to like prioritize like, great, we're going to record the album before September because when back to school happens, I'll be more busy and I won't have fun recording an album. Like, you yes. know, like I'm just yes. trying to do that. Um, And my only hard and fast rules really are like, I really like sleep is like sacred to me. Like I need to go to bed like 11 latest, 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 but usually like 930 I'm in bed and I like to wake up without an alarm. Like if I, you know, that's like the only thing I really try to like hold on to no matter yeah. what. Yeah. So during the beginning of lockdown just to see what it would be like my body thinks it's a nap I think that my body wants to do like biphasic sleep if I try to go to bed that early <laughs> well, okay but maybe you're maybe you like late nights like I don't like I just work best in the early morning like by by 6 p.m it's like it's time to wind down which wow. is like very very inconvenient being in a rock band like I I'll tell you I don't, I don't know what like if you have yeah. performing your favorite I was just like oh man <laughs> I, I don't know what we're gonna do when we get back out there because like honestly like I've kind of like known that but like I've never even had time to like explore it before COVID and now I've had time to be like okay, when I do this consistently, like, wow, this is what my body wants to do. Like, this is what I want to do. So like, I really hope we just get famous soon because honestly, the famous artists, like, think about it. If you go to like a Billie Eilish concert, it starts at what, like eight? Uh-huh. And they're, uh -huh. they're done at like 10, right? Uh -huh. So it's like, I'll be fine when I get to that tier of fame. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> the tier we're at now is like, we get the last lot at 1 a.m. I'm like, I don't know yes. when, like, that's not going to work for me. So like, yeah, I guess we have a few months to get famous. So there we go. There we that's go. That's what it is. That's what it is. Oh my God. That's so funny. And I hadn't even thought of that of like how, what it's going to be like in regards to like what shows are going to be like after this, what our culture around shows is going to be like. Cause I'm like, oh man, I don't know how many times I've invited people out to late night sets and how many times I've played late night sets. And the, th the thing is, I actually am a night owl. But oh, now, okay. But now I'm used to being a night owl, like in my own sphere or with my own, like, like little chosen people. That sounds so creepy. It sounds like I've hoarded humans in a matriarchal. I like it. It um, sounds like a witchy ritual vibe. I want to come. I mean, that's uh, very on point. 
I was just like, she says, looking over at her collection of candles. Look at my, look at my altar. <gasps> oh my God, that's beautiful. I thought I saw a candle and, and I was like, oh, what's the spell candle? Tell me about the spell candle. Well, Jupiter, because Jupiter went into Pisces today and there's all yes. sorts of like drama happening. I did like a big Jupiter meditation this morning for our new single coming out. Like I did a full, like wrote down all my manifestations, like burned like a bunch of like weird shit. Excellent. I did a, I did a nice like Taurus new moon intention setting and I did a good reading. So I was like, okay. With what? With, what? with cards? Yeah. I really like the Rider Waite Smith deck. Like I do want to get an Oracle deck. Cause I, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to give me a reading. Well, I feel it because I need, I don't really have any witchy friends. So it's just me doing this by myself. And I really want to like, I want to have like a, I don't know. I want to do rituals and spells and stuff. Like I'm just getting into it. So like I'm I need. Just, a I'm, I'm, I am verbally jumping you into my coven. <laughs> Can I, I really, really want to come to the coven. Yes. I do. Okay. Please invite me because I do these coven meetings. Do you know Elisa Kelly? No. She's like an Instagram, not an Instagram astrologer. I shouldn't say that. I know her. She's amazing. She's like, she has these coven meetings, like new moon, full moon. It's like 400 people. Like it's a big, she's like a big ordeal, but it's like so nice. But I don't have my own like community of a few people. We actually like do something, you know, I want to like light stuff. And I don't know. She like, I don't know anything about like, like I haven't even done a spell yet. You know, like I need to like, yeah, I would love to have like more of a community that we can like do stuff. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Keep me in mind. I will, because I was like, I love doing rituals with people because just like you for a long time, I was doing them on my own and it is a really nice practice on your own. And it does like kind of enforce like kind of in a way like routine and intention. And then that's where your energy goes. But when you can amplify that with other people, like that's really beautiful. Sounds very interesting. I'm into doing weird rituals. Cool, cool, cool. Excellent. I'm glad that this has taken a turn for the esoteric. A real turn. A real yeah. turn. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yes, I was just like, so I will invite you. I will send you also a project I'm working on where I've been making digital sigils and then collaborating with visual artists for them. Oh my God, what? <laughs> okay. Maybe about this. Yes, I was just like, oh, there's much witchery to be had. Um, I love that you set up your altar for your single launch, though. Like, I guess when you when you have time to actually do these rituals, like you said, you do feel better. It's yeah, this morning I knew I was like being all crazy. I overpacked myself. I was like near burnout. We've been working on the single. And I was like, I need to take a pause to actually not just like blast through this whole release period doing stuff and then like being unhappy when I don't get the results I was like I need to actually remember like why I'm doing this what I actually want like feeling yeah. like manifesting feelings of pride and fulfillment like regard you know so like it was good it was a good reset this morning yeah because that's that's one thing as you're talking about it that like you were able to kind of like slow down like I mean there's been like the whole lockdown potato but now there's also the like what have you learned from lockdown potato where it's like what do you want to take with <laughs> What do you want to take with you from the lockdown times into the not lockdown times um, where it's like this purposefulness and this sense of, like you said, like having a sleep schedule that actually works for you and actually having ritual that works for you that you're like, no, I actually do feel better when I do this. It's like how to not lose track of that when we get to people again. 
I know. And that's like, I'm honestly scared for that. Like, I'm not confident. Like, I'm like, okay, like, I, I don't know, because our lives look different. Like, it's like, when my studio opens up, my life, you know, like, that's different. Or when we have to go to shows, like, we're physically going to be in a different environment. Like, it's one thing, like, I kind of like being in my one environment. I'm not very bothered about not being able to go out and see people. Like, I'm in nature. Like, I, I like having no social pressure. I kind of like it. So Mm -hmm. I am a bit concerned. But also, like, (laughs) I think, I think the principles are the same. Like, I think we have to like really take this time to realize what we're willing to compromise and what we're not and whether like some compromises are worth it. Like, you know, playing a show is going to be worth me staying up and sacrificing my sleep schedule in many instances, but playing some shows won't be. So I think I have to really like, I think that's important for me to know, like if it's a show that is shitty with mean people and like only five people are going to show up maybe it's not worth that 4am sacrifice if it's a show with an awesome band that I love and kind people where we're going to be in front of an audience that's going to support us maybe it is worth it so I think it's definitely going to help like to be like here are my priorities and like at what cost am I willing to let them go for a night you know yeah yeah because when you were saying you're like okay we've got like a few months to be famous I was like (laughs) yeah what that can have I have an altar it can I was like I love that I was like one I think you could do it um and two I think you can do it it's like it's being judicious because I think that in some ways you know before at least I know I was a little more frantic in like trying to like not miss opportunities or play shows even if it didn't serve me like exactly and we've like look we've been a bit we're about to celebrate our 10th anniversary so like I think it's like time to take stock and be like we don't have to say it's just like everyone now being like you've got to set boundaries you can't say yes to everything like yeah sure you're right like as especially as a musician you feel like you have to say yes to everything but once you start getting a little more experience to look back and be like what things actually did serve me and one what didn't and yeah sometimes you just do things to get your name on a show poster and it is worth it and sometimes it's not so like I think it's just about learning from those experiences and like yeah, just making sure what you're doing is like in line with your values. And at the end of the day, like things are balancing out a bit. Yeah. Cause I think, like you said, that it's like at the end of the day, things are in line with your values. Cause when you were like, so about time blocking, I knew. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would, I need to though. When it, I do it, when I, I, I'd love help with that one day. I was like, it's hard. Like, as you may have noticed, I have ADHD. Um, and so I've had to work really hard at it and still sometimes it gets a little floppy. Um, but it's like, it helps when you're thinking, well, what's in alignment with my value, uh, with my values, because then you can choose like, okay, well, within those values, what activities do I want to do? How do I want to direct my attention? Like, and if you use that as a guide, it can really help with that. Like, well, what should I be doing with this chunk of time? And yeah, it's been very, I'm in the same boat as you where it's been so relieving to like only have to tune into me. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I want to also like, you better send me your music or something. Like, well, I'm like Googling you right now. Yes, if you Google it here, I'm, I'm going to send you my band name so you can Google my band name. Uh, my band name is Nixie. Um, and that's the stuff that I'm releasing now, though I literally last year, I didn't release like any music last year. Like last year, I was like, I am going to write music and I'm going to really double down on production work and learn that. But I just felt like I was like, am I listening to any new music right now? I was like, not really. I was listening to things that like either comforted me or that were 
you know, already in my scope. I know. Oh my God. Yep. That's the other thing. You're right. Everyone was talking about that. Everyone wanted just like familiar stuff, you know? Yes. And I felt like that was the time, much like how you're writing during this time. I felt like it was a good time to, to write and create, but I didn't feel like it was the sharing time yet. Like I just started feeling now, like it's the sharing time. Oh my God. So we're like release twins. Ours is May 19th, but (gasps) May 21st is our show that we're playing from our bathroom. So you should come. Oh my God. I would love to go to your show in your bathroom. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm going to, no, no pressure literally at all, but I'm going to send you the ticket link to it. Yes, you can just get a free ticket if you do. You, do you use Spotify? Are you okay with I do. things? Or, okay. Yeah, I, I actually just seven. made a video about why we pre-save on Spotify so people oh would my. understand why we ask people to do that. That's so funny. I was just like ranting about that on our Instagram story yesterday and feeling like really sad that this was my life. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm like begging people to. That's why I, yeah, I made a TikTok about it and posted it on my Instas too. And wait, okay, so I feel like I need to, I need to post that to be honest. Oh, I need, I need you you to send me that. No, no, no. I'm just gonna, (laughs) I'm just gonna post it right now because I have to go soon and I don't want to (laughs) forget. Now I'm just listening to your music. Oh, this is very meta. I'm so excited. Oh my God. That's the song I made about a DM that a guy sent me. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Okay, but it's, Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) What was that? We got this together. (laughs) Thank you so much for being very generous with your time and recording simultaneous thank yous. That was amazing. (laughs) So fun. Thank you for having me. Everyone go check out both of our bands. Yes. And we'll talk soon. Yes. I'll see you in heaven. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode.